With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Geeks Worldwide presents Preston Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 280. Uh, we have a fantastic show for you guys, so let me introduce the crew. We have Josh Irwin. What's going on? Nothing much, nothing much. Feels like a Monday, but it's really a Wednesday. It I does, blame yes. the 4th of July. Happy, yeah. happy belated 4th of July to everyone, by the way, <laughs> because why not? Um, we have Yahel. Hello. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> and finally, doing a victory lap, as it were, uh, we have Chris Lassard back on the show after, you know, being away for many, many moons with Blizzard. Yes. And, um, How's it going? His presence. <laughs> <laughs> let me puff out my chest a little bit more. Uh, this is what it's like on top, boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got. I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you. So did your mom. Oh! oh! <laughs> that woman needs a lot of loving. So more power. <laughs> um. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh. You know, there's actually a little more stories than I almost thought there would be for a week like this. But so let's jump into it. Um. The first one involves the SNES Classic, and this is kind of cool. And, Good bit of news for once. Um, Amazon UK, which did take pre-orders. Now, the US Amazon hasn't done this yet, uh, to my knowledge. But Amazon UK did take pre-orders for the SNES Classic. And apparently, um, at the time they took pre-orders, people could place multiple pre-orders. The same person could do multiple ones. Since then, Amazon UK has then gone in and canceled any multiple orders and limited everyone to a single pre-order. Um, and I think I was like, wow, Amazon, that's actually a really ballsy move. And I support it 110%. Um, I, do you guys, do you guys think we're going to see the same kind of uh, activity here in, in the U S I don't know. My concern is that maybe it's not ballsy as much as necessary. I mean, there were stock issues before. Maybe they're just seeing stock issues already. Oh, so you think they're just covering their ass, basically? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> it's possible. I don't think Amazon's trying to not make money, you know? Well, I mean, the units are going to sell regardless, but I think that this sort of fights um, scalpers, at least a little bit, Yeah. right? Because now you need to have multiple emails... Um, Multiple multiple accounts. Uh, now you told everybody how to how to do it, how to get around it. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Whoops. If you don't get an SNES Classic, you know who, who to blame. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really hoping that we see this behavior not just from the U.S. branch of Amazon, but from every single online retailer, Walmart, Kmart, 
uh, Best Buy, what have you, everyone should limit it to a single item for now. I mean, if Nintendo makes a fuck ton, you know, right? And <laughs> we have a surplus, then go for it. But for the first month or whatever, it should be limited to one per customer. Yeah, I just yeah. want to talk to Nintendo's manufacturers because this has been a problem. I know it's on purpose, but I still, I still want to be like, hey guys, you should make more of these because remember what happened with the Nintendo Classic? That was that was fun for everybody. Well, clearly, Chris, you didn't watch. I think it was last episode where we basically said that like Nintendo probably you know just kept the same manufacturer and just had them switch over. That we were saying the guts are probably going to be the same for the SNES as the NES. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I would think, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah I think for the NES Classic, I think all retailers had a one-per-customer thing from the very beginning. Um, Did they? I'm pretty, I, I don't remember being able to buy two. My friend certainly wasn't when she was, uh, like, second in line that day. L- Later um, on, I know they definitely limited it to one. I don't know what it was initially, though. Um, in Florida, you could pretty much buy as many as you wanted. Could you? Nice. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't Florida. god damn it florida what have you done for us lately (laughs) florida man bought like 10 i don't think we'll see pre-orders in the states at all to be honest with you because the nes classic didn't have pre-orders um and it probably generated a shit ton of foot traffic for brick and mortars that's an interesting point um i really hope there are pre-orders because i really don't want to because that first day is just gonna be hellish Mm. and i don't want to break out the sleeping bag the night before i'd rather not it's not that serious for me um so i would much prefer the pre-order route me too for sure yeah i mean they're they're gonna be manufacturing it through the end of the year and presumably they've been manufacturing it for at least the last couple of months right so So that's i wonder if maybe they've been like because because the nes finished manufacturing and i want to say march Maybe April, maybe. So I, I'm wondering if maybe secretly they've been making the SNES ones without telling anyone um, ahead of the release. That would be interesting. Maybe. Only uh, one will find out. One will find out. It's true. Uh, our next story uh, sort of involves Nintendo, but not really. It involves something that we all associate with Nintendo anyway, and that's Pokemon Go. It's actually been a year. Time flies, right? A year uh, since Pokemon Go originally leaked out into the wild. And uh, people are actually playing it. Not not nowhere near like as much as when the game first came out, but it's still there. Um, we are at, I think it was 5 million daily users. Mm-hmm. And 65 million monthly users. Um, that's honestly higher than I thought would be playing this thing. I'll be honest with you. Uh, to give you a, a point of reference, though, when this game first came out, it was 45 million daily users. Now we're down to five. Um, does anyone here still play it by any chance? <coughs> nope. Yeah. Neither do I. We are not. We are not in the five million. 
Apparently. Well, at Comic-Con, though, I saw like a ton of people playing it, like various ages. It was it wasn't like to a certain demographic. Some people are like super. It seems like the people who are into like Flappy Bird or Temple Run, you know, those like casual games mm. are the ones that are still into Pokemon Go. That's that, that that's what my hypothesis would be. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I only know one person that's still playing it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't and, know anyone. And like, it seems to be like a we don't know what we're doing right now. We've got some time. Oh, Pokemon Go! I remember that icon. Let's see. Let's see what Pokemon are. Out. Let's see what Pokemon are out here. And then that's probably it. I, I'd, I'd be interested to see what like the total playtime like per session is for these same users. Mm. I'm I'm kind of curious as to what improvements they've made to the user interface since they kind of they've made was, a few, but because it was kind of good, and then they eliminated things that were really useful. So did right. they ever come back with like the tracking and stuff like that? Like, I think so, but I'm the wrong person to ask. You'd have to yeah. look it up. I know that they revamped the gyms and they introduced raids, but they haven't introduced any actual creatures to raid against. I think uh, if you read the article, it talks about them probably saving it for the like official anniversary because we're approaching it but it's not the exact date so they, they might be saving it for you know that next week best, or something I don't that know, pokemon, pokemon goes so weird to me because i i mean when, when it came out i enjoyed playing it and uh, like my girlfriend and i we would play it and we were out somewhere but like looking back i'm like man why was i why was i even into it right like, it's just uh, there's there's not much to it 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 really I, I think when it first came out it sort of like hit all the nostalgia centers for all of us because it was the original 150 mm-hmm. you know and it's like i'm the pokemon master right it's me <laughs> right but um it definitely there wasn't enough depth there for myself or i'm sure most of you guys there's just nothing there to keep me engaged and and uh, from what I read, if you don't live in a major metropolitan city, you're kind of like ass out because it's all just like Pidgeys and Rattatas and that's about it. So even yeah. if you live in the city, it's pretty much what it is. Um, well, you know, New York City, I, I've definitely seen other stuff. But well, in Florida, where we can buy as many SNES classics as we want, we only get <laughs> Pidgeys and fucking Rattatas. That's, yeah, what that's you because yeah, seriously, like Florida, like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't even care anymore. Like I'm just gonna say it and it, come out of the Florida closet. Fuck you, Florida, yeah. for for Nobody everything. I'm so angry. I'm gonna go try and pet an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, my personal opinion is they they should have just kind of like stamped it out when that game first leaked. And actually, like, worked on it and then released it. I know initially people would have been disappointed, but I think they would have retained more of the player base if they had, you know, waited to actually release a game instead of a a walking simulator. alpha, you know, game or something. Yeah. Um, I was saying that the game still makes money for them, though. Um, I don't remember how much it was, but I was I I recall being surprised at the figure. I, I want to say like. We're still in the billion range for how much money it's generating just from people buying the potions and the balls and all that stuff, which is, again, crazy to me. I I can't believe people are doing it. Well, I mean, mean, like, doesn't Candy Crush make some obscene amount of money just on playtime? 
You know what I mean? It's like it's a microtransactions are a proven method, and it's whoa. But I mean, that has a much higher uh, install base than it's got more daily players than five, right? <laughs> yes, more five, more than five million. I was trying to say, but yeah, 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 definitely. No, you're so, right. But uh, all right, well. I was kind of hoping one of you guys would be playing it, then I can make fun of you, but <laughs> uh, it's fine. I, I bet a lot of people in Florida are still playing. <laughs> well, we, we don't have a lot to do. Oh, you're muted, man. Yeah. Later, later in Restream, uh, someone's going to come that? and complain. I said later someone in Restream uh, <laughs> is going to come and yell at us. We don't have a lot to do in Florida except get drunk and, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just like there's a lot of like weird news that comes out of Florida. It's like whenever I see something like naked woman escapes on the highway, I'm like, I bet it's in fucking Florida. And then and then and then I look it up and it's in Florida every single time. That's why they have to let us buy as many like NES classes as we want just to like distract us. Yes, whatever keeps you like whatever it takes, right? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, this is what it's like living in a swamp with 10 Nintendos. (laughs) Because that sounds awesome. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's a good thing no one listens to us in florida or we'd be in trouble but uh but moving on moving on um we always talk about uh you know fan-made games and how nintendo particularly tends to shut them down pretty harshly um and you know i remember there was a, a pokemon game that got shut down where it was like based on radioactive elements it was like pokemon uranium and plutonium i think yeah it had a huge following yeah it had a huge following like two million copies downloaded and then you had the metroid 2 remake right it's metroid 2 that the guy had been working on for 10 years shut down all this stuff uh so it's nice to have some positive news for once um, a Halo-inspired fan game got approval uh, from Microsoft. And this is pretty cool. Uh, they had to agree to, obviously, some conditions. Um, and so the, the conditions include they can't sell the game, duh. They can't accept donations for the game either. Um, and they can't use any assets from the actual game. Um, they have to make their own or they're apparently purchasing some assets from Unity as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. Boom, the game the game got approved. Um, they're like, you can make the game, but you can't use anything from the game. Right. <laughs> good right. business right there. Good business sense. I mean, that's a good way to scare people away too. Like if they're like, hey, if you're super passionate about this, do it. You're going to have to make a new game, but you can't. You know, you can't piggyback off of anything that we've done. I mean, that sounds fair to me, to be honest. It does. Um, it's not very clear to me because I ha- I didn't look too closely at their own community page, how the game was going to work. If it was a uh, like another first person shooter or um, like what the what the style of the game was. Did anyone bother looking that up? Once I saw they weren't going to use assets from the game, I said, fuck them. <laughs> I, that's I just that's their harsh to hell. Why? Why? Well, you... if, if you're not stealing, I'm not playing. That's oh, I see. That's it's not. It's not. It's not true passion unless you're stealing. Right. Yeah, you have right. to have standards. You have to have standards. Yeah, I'm yeah, from Florida. 
I know. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. Florida's got such high standards, guys. Yeah. They love Konami and they love theft. So. <laughs> um, that would be a great shirt. Um, I, I I don't think the article actually linked to anything from the game. Oh wait, they did have a community update thing. The right. community, yeah. I'm looking at. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do going to be free to play on all pc platforms including windows mac os and linux screw you console players there's no way to, for them to really get the game to <laughs> be honest um let's see here yeah it I looks mean, like they're really... going to focus on recreating the halo 2 slash 3 experience there are elements of combat evolved and reach sprinkled in so it implies to me that this is going to be a first person shooter yeah I, I found a screenshot uh where it's first person Whoever did their concepts did a really good job. Their concept art's really, really pretty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it huh. seems like a win-win for Microsoft slash three four three studios and the fan base, right? Because say they come out with something kind of interesting or inventive, Microsoft gets to say it, just gets to take it, right? Like right. If they do, we made if this. They, yeah, if they do something different with it, then Microsoft could be like, man, that was a really good idea. I can use that. Um, and then the other thing is that like Microsoft could like throw in Easter eggs into their future games for like diehard fans who played this fan mm-hmm. thing. So it just kind of, it perpetuates that cycle, which I think is yeah. really cool. And that's a thing Nintendo just doesn't understand. Yeah. Hey, and to Chris's point, I, th- I think Microsoft is being pretty fair here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. No question. And, 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 uh, what Josh was saying, I completely agree with this is, you know, this gets them a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, goodwill. PR. Yeah, goodwill. Goodwill and great PR as well. Absolutely. Um, God knows they need it right now. <laughs> I think probably do a little bit. Did did the last Halo game do like amazing? I know it sold, but was it like you know through I, the I roof? Don't I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I bet and, I can Google it. And, you know, obviously 343 took over for Bungie. Bungie has moved on to Destiny. I'd be willing to bet that Destiny outsold uh, Halo 5 or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would take that bet, too. Yeah. Having, I mean, it was multi-platform, so that helps a little bit. But probably, I wonder on Xbox's platform itself, if Destiny outsold Halo 5 on just Xbox. That would be it interesting. Would, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's more content you know, for Destiny. Oh, yeah, you've got the uh, expansion packs and stuff. That's true. <laughs> Chris, what's your research turn up? It seems like Halo 5 is the least selling Halo game, including some of the expansions, and wow. at least in this data set that I have. Um, yeah, but this was made a year ago, so I don't know, maybe now? But it seemed like Halo 5 to me was always like... Um, people who have always liked Halo are the ones that played it. It didn't seem like it introduced a lot of new players into the series. Because I think the number five is intimidating. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to start watching, you know, the Saw series at Saw 4. You know, like if it's, if it's, got, if it's gotten a four, I'm just, I've missed the boat. You know what I mean? So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's something. I, I like to hear the psychology on that. something to that, yeah. So, and I, I know Destiny definitely sold more. And Nathan Fillion was in both games. So, <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, nice. ironically. Nice. Um, so yeah, no. Listen, good move on on three four three. And uh, speaking of good moves, uh, Blizzard 
uh, actually also getting a lot of, uh, I imagine, goodwill as well. Uh, they announced the remaster of the first StarCraft game. Um, they announced the price point on this one. It is just $15, which is pretty goddamn good. On top of that, the original StarCraft, if you want to play the uh, SD version, as you, if you will, um, it's free. And the two, the two, uh, the two games are um, interchangeable. That's so cool. yeah, so an SD player uh, can take a save and it'll load on uh, on the HD version. And I believe, although don't quote me on this, but I believe the multiplayer players can also play against one another. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The trailer is pretty good. cool. Yeah. Like this is this is remastering done right, you know. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like 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 just a pure money grab, right? I mean, it is a money grab, but it doesn't feel. No, it's a reasonable money grab. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was um I was in a lift the other day, and the guy was like uh, talking to me about StarCraft, and he was saying that this remake is definitely geared towards the Korean audience, um, and that it's like really for them. And so they, they're expecting like a lot of sales coming from South Korea and they're not really pushing it on the American market. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So if you read the article, it talks about how most of the big pros from StarCraft 2 have actually gone back to StarCraft 1. Um, and apparently StarCraft 1 is more competitive. Like well, in, f- in Korea, at least, Brood War is still, I think, the most popular StarCraft. Right. So... Uh, yeah, this is definitely a way of could be wrong reengaging. Well, those the remaster, people. the remaster includes Brood War, doesn't it? Didn't I read that? I think so. Oh, good. It, yeah, it should include all Pretty the sure all the patches and updates and whatever that they that was, had made to the game. That was a hard game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, key, the key bindings for it are awkward. I actually like. I kind of missed the boat on StarCraft, believe it or not, but. At some point, I will sit down and play it. Shit, I've, I still I still need to read. I still need to play StarCraft too. I never yeah, played I've, StarCraft oops. either, just because the number two well, there is goes Chris. to me. He, Blizzard pulled the plug on him. Did Chris disappear for everybody, or just Chris me? disappeared for everybody? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, when I bought StarCraft, it had just come out. I bought it on launch day, and I bought uh, just to show you how old and weird I am. I bought uh, a Natalie and Brulia CD and the original Smash Mouth CD at the same time. Nice. Natalie and Brulia. Yeah. Was, it, was it the CD with Torn on it? Torn. Yep. It should yeah. be. Yep. She was a Victoria's wow. Secret model, and I really liked the video. You know. <laughs> you don't right, justify I, it. I, I, I am so glad that you mentioned the words Natalie and Brulia just now. That is like. <laughs> That, that that oh man that song with the short haircut and the sweater and torn yeah man that was a good song we it, all, it also we the all still know the words to that every single one of us well, we I do can almost guarantee it everyone everyone who's like under twenty five has no idea what the fuck we're so, talking so, about so Chris you missed jo- last week Josh was drinking a Zima. Uh, during the podcast. <laughs> so I'm just picturing him like drinking a Z <laughs> Natalie and Brulia CD like yeah she gets me yeah. <laughs> you're so right Natalie you're so Zima and Natalie and Brulia they understand me <laughs> then you play Starcraft yeah, I'm gonna play Starcraft 1 listen to Natalie and Brulia 
and drink my fucking Zima and I put my middle fingers up to the world. It's true. I was the coolest 16 year old on the planet. <laughs> That's hilarious. I bet that happened. <laughs> like, we're not, which which is, part? Is, all of it. All of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we were saying, I definitely think this is going to appeal to the Korean and uh, the Chinese markets where, you know, StarCraft is still being played in China as well. And that makes sense because a recent article from Game of Sutra talks about how China is extending their lead as the world's biggest video game market. Just how big is it? 25% of global video game sales happen in China alone. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. These segues are magnificent. Asterisk PC and mobile. Well, so yeah, so that's 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 a, a good point, Josh. And, and thank you, Yahel, by the way. I'm trying. Um, yeah, so consoles haven't done well uh, in China. And that, there's a reason for that. They were illegal. You couldn't bring, you couldn't sell a console in China until very recently. And even, even though now you can uh, sell like a PlayStation 4 in China, there's a couple of caveats that come with it. Like it has to be manufactured in China for it to be sold there. So like Sony has to have probably built some sort of plant or, you know, or leasing space from a manufacturer to make them in China so they could sell them in China. And even then you have knockoff brands that come through by way of Hong Kong that many of them play, you know, the, the, the discs of the various systems. So it's, it's tough, but uh, PC and mobile are just exploding over there. Um, let me see here. Something like a $25.6 billion market. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing it in other places as well. So a great example of this is the latest Transformers movie. This thing has bombed everywhere except China. It's doing really, really well in China. So well that they might do another Transformers movie, essentially, you know, for that market. And then they'll release it everywhere else because might as well. Warcraft 2. Well, you War- Warcraft is the same way. Warcraft 2 as well. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you, Chris, because obviously you're you're in the industry. Um is it is it is it sort of at the forefront of people's minds that you speak to? Are are people noticing this trend, or is it not in the West? Or are people not really concerned with the Chinese market? So that's a that's a great question. Um, so when I was at Pax Dev last year, there the whole keynote uh, was about trends and data when it comes to gaming. And so during that talk, he said the same thing. He was like, China is going to just rule the world on any of this. So if you're making a game, right, it might be a good idea to corner that market and, and make it for China and do and, and do your like research and due diligence um, because your game potentially has more of an opportunity if it's localized um, to do better in China than it will in the States because there's more, it's a bigger audience and more people have access to that stuff. WhatsApp is huge, um, mm. you know, that that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is the um, Chinese market, they gobble this shit up. Like we said, like there are a lot of really bad movies that have happened, like the Warcraft movie that, that did extremely well in China. The Final Fantasy movie, even from, I think, you know, back in the day, I think has had a little bit of a resurgence over there too. Lionsgate movies, because, you know, all of those movies are amazing. Are, are, um, I've tried to, like, as long as we're on movies, I've tried to watch Chinese movies like made in China and they're just 
almost incomprehensible to me. Like they are just really odd. They're very focused on like graphics and fancy mm-hmm. like VR stuff. Not VR, but uh, fancy special effects more so than like any coherent story as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting market and it's definitely something to, you know, look into. I, I am curious and not to get too, too political about whether or not uh, today's political climate has changed any of that advice because China has been a little bit aggressive lately. Mm. There was that news report today that that missile that Korea just launched, China might have actually given to them. Uh, oh, really? So, I haven't read that. Yeah, so I wonder how that would affect that industry since China is so big. You know what I mean? Would that just like destroy some of the mobile companies that have shops in the U.S.? Or? I don't know. I feel like, and and again, uh, Chris is probably the best, the one best positioned to answer the question. But I feel like most of the stuff that comes out there is centered around Chinese lore and mythology and uh, that culture. So mm-hmm. if a game like Skyrim came out in china would it do well i'm not so sure i feel like you'd have to target the game from the ground up for to chinese tastes you know or it's like romance of the three kingdoms kind of dealio yeah they're um the market seems to be really into like fairy tales like being a poor person working their way up so another really good example is you guys you guys (laughs) you guys remember the movie jupiter ascending Yes. with Mila Kunis. So it's another mm-hmm. movie that, that did well in China and oh, really? that, that didn't do it. But um, the article I read mentioned it as like, you know, she's a maid and gets chosen to be like an intergalactic princess and saves the world. And that's kind of the theme that goes goes along with it. But also they're like super into selfies and WhatsApp and, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. I don't think I can answer for it, but there's mm-hmm. definitely some trends that I think are just now being noticed within the American market um, that you can't do the same thing. Like you can't advertise in America the same way you do internationally. No, just like, just, just like in Japan, like you, you have to localize your game An English, an English title is not going to do well in Japan. I will also say that, um, especially in, you know, cause I visited China last year and I have to say that from a mobile perspective, their phones are tied into everything mm-hmm. even more tightly than the U S they use their phones to, to pay, uh, for items. And I'm not talking about like, I don't know, like I have an app where I can order Grubhub, um, on my phone i'm talking about like they go to the store and they're using the nfc chip on their phone all the time to pay for stuff to send money to people to uh any kind of it, it's fully tied into their economy and a lot of transactions are based around their phone as opposed to like pulling out a credit card or cash or something so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, even like in the theme park industry, um, we um, are building something in, in China right now and every single thing is integrated into the app. Like every experience, every ride, every scoreboard is integrated into WhatsApp. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's like a, they're, they're, you know, as much as we like to poke fun at uh, people here in the US and say that like, oh, our lives revolve around our cell phones and whatever, it's doubly so in China from everything that I saw. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious, obviously, where, you know, if we'll start to see more stuff. And obviously, we don't know too many 
there's not too many uh, Chinese developers that I'm aware of that bring their stuff west. There's plenty of Korean developers that make their way over here, but very rarely do we see Chinese developers. So I feel like we'll see more and more of that on the horizon. Um, but let's see, that was that. Oh, save the best one for last. Uh, so this was a very interesting article. It's not often that we get to talk about a New York Times article. That's kind of cool. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Failing um, New York Times. <laughs> so a um, this guy who is uh, with the University of Chicago, I believe. I'm going to double check that real quick. Um, did a really big study. Uh, on young men and how young men spend their leisure time. And uh, he basically stated that um, young guys, like 18 to 27, that sort of dealio, uh, maybe even a little younger than that, um, are basically working less hours and playing more video games is what is what the, uh, the study found. Um, and it basically, it almost implies that like, young men don't want to work. They'd rather be playing video games than working. Uh, but there is, you know, reading the article, it feels like they didn't quite do that. The study's a little skewed. A little? A little. Uh, so before, <laughs> before I sort of, you know, dive too deep into it, what was, what was your guys' takeaway from this thing? Were you surprised? Did it, did it confirm anything you thought or... You know, how how did you perceive it? I mean, I just read the article. I, I didn't read the paper. Um, so I, who knows, maybe the art, it's the article slant on the paper. Right. But the article certainly makes it seem like the paper is saying that men are working less because they want to play video games. And it's probably more like, well, men that are working less spend, you know, that extra free time playing video games. You know, I mean, which is kind of a no brainer, you know, I'm sure people in the men in the 70s with more time off went to the skating rink because that's <laughs> what was the shit then, you know, because that's what they had to do or whatever. I don't fucking know. But I'm in Florida, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no skating rinks in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, it, it was interesting, though, to see one thing I found interesting was uh, when they compared different age groups mm. and how they spent it differently. And one thing I did find interesting i mean i don't know if it's true because a lot of i don't know man a lot of it seemed anecdotal the, the stuff that was in the article but when he talks about how like maybe m more people are preferring to spend their youth kind of having fun and then i'll just work later you know um i because I, I do see that where we're, we're like not not just men but just people in general are like ah you know what i'll have plenty of time to to work later i'll have plenty of time to put into my 401k let me have my fun now and if having fun now for you is playing video games and you can live in a you know three bedroom with like two other roommates or whatever and not work as much. I could see it. Well, I mean, so first of all, one of the things that jumped out at me that was like like this is wrong was there's a there's a quote in the in the article and I, and I just had it up and I and I scrolled away like a moron. Um, here we go. So it, it basically said that this is the actual sentence. In the 1990s, games like Mario Brothers were little more than 8-bit virtual toys. Today, you and your closest buddies can go on quests in games like World of Warcraft that can last for days. No. 
No, there's no quest in World of Warcraft that lasts for days. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. I think all. the thing. I think the thing, and the point that I was going to make is kind of in that same vein: is that video games are so much more social now. They are social. So, like, sure. you don't you don't have to like you don't have to spend your free time going to a bar to hang out with your buddies and throw darts. You can mm-hmm. go kill a raid boss in Destiny for a few hours while you're drinking beer at home. You know what I mean? Right. Like. That's that's the thing that I got from this article, but I, I think it makes a lot of other leaps that aren't necessarily backed up by anything. It, it almost seems like the article and maybe even the paper was written by people who are not familiar with gaming in general. Right. So, you know, so- yeah, so let me tell you what happened. All right. So someone was like, gaming, that's a thing. Esports, those are words. Let me go ahead and do some <laughs> research. And then they went to wikipedia.com and were like, look at all these statistics. This is so cool. Click like two more links. Confirmation bias occurred. And then they put all this stuff in a New York Times article with a bunch of old dudes leading it that are probably like, oh, games, esports, those are things that people talk about now. Let's, let's talk about them. And that's why they're fake news. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I, I love the New York Times, but so, um, but I, I do think that it sounds like someone like did a bunch of Wikipedia research, has a surface level knowledge of what this kind of stuff does, and it's like anytime you get these kind of data sets, it just really determines on what lens you're looking at you know, through when you're writing something like this, and I think that kind of just shows a little bit of bias on the author's part. I, yep. I will I will mention uh, so the study did exclude full time students, so I think that was smart. Having said that, um, if you if you think about it logically, until very recently, our economy wasn't that great, and it was kind of hard to find a job uh, after the two thousand seven crash, mm-hmm. uh, market crash. It was kind of hard to find work, um, and I think overall, until very recently, until you know, probably I would say around twenty thirteen, maybe twenty fourteen, things started to turn around economy wise. But in that seven-year gap, I feel like a lot less people were working. And there's multiple studies done how people, well, a bunch of people gave up on looking for jobs. They couldn't find anything. And, you know, there's that joke that we all have where it's like you need 10 years experience for an entry-level position. I'm sure you guys have all heard that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's not crazy to imagine that for a lot of people, it was hard to find work or it was hard to find full-time work. Maybe they were working part-time. Um, one or two jobs and yeah in their spare time they probably were playing a video game because the article is right in the sense that video games are a good sort of um, uh, investment for entertainment right you pay 20-30 bucks and you can easily get 20-30 hours worth of entertainment out of that product um, depending on the game obviously versus you know for 20-30 bucks you could buy three movies four movies, those four movies aren't going to amount to 20, 30 hours worth of entertainment. They're going to amount to 12, 13 hours. So mm-hmm. it does make some sort of economical sense in my mind to go, <coughs> game. not to mention the social factor, which is obviously incredibly prevalent nowadays. We're also in like a golden age of gaming right now. So I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of really good shit that's come out in the last couple of years. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of sure. good stuff and, and things that like you played 10, 15 years ago, you can easily get now. Very right. cheap, you know, you can play on your P. There's, there, you're right. There, there's just so many ways now to play. It's so much more convenient. It's it's interesting. I, I'm not sure if we're in a golden age, Chris. I think, though, that there's just so much stuff coming out that 
um, just just the quantity is so large that there's more good stuff overall than before where you had less developers see i i feel like we're like you, you guys remember like in the 90s when comic books got really big and like image comics came out and there's just seemed like there was just cool stuff all the time i feel yeah. like that's how we are right now with video games like we're in that age right now right there's a lot of people i mean making video games has become easier than ever right with with mm-hmm you know, Unity and with Unreal Engine being made easier and easier to work with, there's absolutely more and more people making the games. And now we have, you know, more and more universities that are are creating, you know, programs to teach people how to make the video games. We have the the esports scene. So yeah, there's there's absolutely a lot of like there's colleges offering esports scholarships now. That's crazy. Yeah, UC Irvine, a bunch of a bunch of them. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you now can get not quite a full ride, but certainly the, yeah, much athletic less scholarships. Okay, yeah. Now I'm on this article side about why men aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's very interesting that well, what I, what I found interesting was this, um, Japan hasn't seen the similar, uh, you know, increase in video game playing. Um, for the same time period. And obviously video games are, are massive over there. The other thing that was interesting to me was uh, there wasn't an increase in women playing video games, but the article talks about how most women play their video games on the mobile device. Um, and so... I think that's bullshit. I don't know. Well, first of all, this article is jumping to a lot of assumptions. Like, I don't know how much I can trust about this paper and the article, but... Well, I mean... I don't think that that's true. I have seen I have seen other articles talk about how more, there are lots of women playing video games, but they tend to play mobile games because they feel. Um, but this article doesn't break down break that down by age groups. Like for example, like uh, my mom, who who's like almost uh, like sixty seven right now, I was shocked to find out she was playing games at all. It's on her phone. She's just casually like playing Beach Old or whatever. Right. Anybody that's like my age or like younger in their twenties or whatever, like they're playing console and PC games. Right. Um, I think again, from what I was reading, this is sort of unrelated and past studies have shown that women sort of feel intimidated into playing console games. Like they're almost kind of like looked down upon high barrier to entry. Yeah. So there's a certain barrier. There's a certain stigma against just like there's a stigma for women who read comic books, right? Not in Florida. Not Florida. No. <laughs> um, it so it's, it's a similar stigma. And so a lot of them stick to mobile games because they know people won't bother them. And, and there's also that they can play it while doing other stuff. But um, However, uh, women are the highest growing demographic when it comes to esports. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, both in consumers and players. Nice. So um, like I think... What I said, I mean, this was just one article, um, and it was, uh, there are more women aged 18 to 25 that are playing games right now than new male users in the same age group. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and I do think that something like esports um, helps bridge the gap a little bit. Um, because when you're giving, you know, when, when you're watching football, when you're watching something, you know, it's like, I can do that. I can do that. And, um, I watched someone on Twitter, 
um, posted something about esports, and it's like, you know, we look at football and there's never been a woman, but when you're looking at esports, everyone has started at the same spot, and mm-hmm. the access is definitely available toward to to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, it's you know, while there's you know, ho- hopefully one day we'll have you know, a woman in, you know, in M- the MLB or the NFL, but <laughs> that seems way more attainable in the esports wo- in the esports world. Right. Um, there's, there's not really that much that separates, you know, a female player from a male player. If anything yeah, there's, yeah, there's nothing. And so I think that is probably why that demographic is like skyrocketing within the esports community, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hopefully we'll get some follow-up on these studies and people will, you know, drill down a little bit more into the numbers. Cause I, I this kind of data always fascinates me. Um, cause I feel like if anything, uh, and, and it makes sense, right? Because when we get older, uh, we start to have more commitments. We have a family, we have children. So it makes sense that you would play less video games than you did when you were younger. So, you know. It, it definitely makes a lot of sense, but I'd love to see them drill down a little bit more into what people are playing and when they're playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all for the regular stories. Uh, we do have some amazing what the fuck stories for you, though. Uh, the first one involves uh, John Romero and Doom 2. Uh, this is kind of cool. He recently sold uh, floppy disks containing Doom 2. For over $3,000. The only thing anyone would ever buy for $3,000 is the word floppy in it. That's right. <laughs> were you were you saving that joke all day, Chris? No, no, no. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting is they're not like the original floppy disks to contain Doom 2 funny or word. They're what you would have bought in store in 1990. When did this come out? Three? Yeah, something like that. Oh, actually, look, nineteen ninety four. You can see the uh, you can see the uh, copyright thing right on them. Three thousand dollars for a three and a half inch floppy. That's a good day. Yeah. So was he? Because one thing the article didn't mention was, or at least maybe I didn't God catch it. America. Was, was he donating this for like charity or whatever? Because John Romero lives in like Ireland. He's got a huge house. He should have plenty of money by all accounts. So why? If it wasn't for like some charitable thing, like, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking that as well. I was reading it and I was like, <laughs> why do he doesn't need the money at all? Um, and he offered to he offered to sign them. By the way, if anyone wanted, uh, if if the person who bought them wanted them signed, he he want he was uh, more than Might happy well. to sign them. But uh, yeah, you're right. He lives in Ireland. I don't think he needs the money. Um, I don't know anyone who's like, you know what? I'm going to say no to this $3,000 because I just have enough money. <laughs> well, and like Ireland has well, given his company like a bunch of incentives to be there too. Has anybody watched the Noclip documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was referring to. Yeah, the Noclip. Yeah. So, I yeah, they're like, they're like giving him a bunch of like incentives to like bring other developers in and he's getting like a cut of all of that and getting a break on corporate taxes and all kinds of stuff to run his business now, there. Now, now, Chris, I do understand what you're saying. And if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't say no to $3,000, but I might say no to $3,000 if I have to go and ship it. No, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's to- totally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, but I guess he's got somebody he can just tell to ship it. So Yeah, exactly, man. Probably. 
I, you know, I, I want to believe that like, uh, you know, maybe like his <laughs> wife or his girlfriend was like forcing him to clean out the garage or something. And, and he came across these and he was like, I just need to get rid of this thing, man. And I don't he's, know. He's, he's like, I'm going to make these discs. My... Go ahead. Yeah. He, he's married to a famous, uh, game developer lady. She's, uh, yeah. There, what's her name? I'll Google it. <laughs> uh, I'll Google. She's famous. Yeah, she's famous. She's a she's a big name. I, she must not be that famous. I know. Uh, and it's, and I, I actually feel like horrible that I can't. No, think her her name is Brenda Romero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't Brenda. So he's been married three times: Elizabeth Ann McCall, Kelly Mitchell, and Brenda Romero. Yeah, I preferred it. Kelly. I was a Kelly Mitchell man myself. For him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Good times. I think it would have been, been funny if he was like selling like Daikatana discs or something. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that would have been better. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope he puts the three thousand dollars to good use, but we'll probably never know. Probably buy some uh, Pro V. Our next story is this is this is we're approaching legit. We're starting to encroach upon legit what the fuck story, what the fuck uh, territory, I should say. Um, there is going to be an Assassin's Creed anime. It is happening. Uh, they have tapped a showrunner. Uh, his name is A.D. Shankar. And uh, he uh, has, uh, let's see, he's worked on, uh, let's see here. He's worked on dark, violent shorts starring some of the pop culture's most beloved psychopaths, such as Venom, The Punisher, Judge Dredd, and uh, Power Rangers. I think everybody remembers some psychopaths from the uh, like Power Rangers thing that came out like a, about a year and a half ago, kind of viral. Oh, I remember. So he, oh, he did this. All right, yeah. yeah you guys remember? Did, remember that gritty? Power Rangers reboot. Yeah, it had it had Katie Sackoff in it, so of course I remember it. Uh, yeah, Starbuck. 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 That's my Starbuck. cat's name, Starbuck. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've got her. Si- I've, well, the curtains up, but I've got her. I've got a signed thing from her back there. But uh, yeah, no, I remember that. But he's really famous for doing uh, Castlevania because he's doing the Castlevania series for Netflix too. Yes, so he's doing the Castlevania series as well. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. It's coming out July seventh. Um, so that's coming up. Um, and it's also going to be an anime. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish that like they were dialing back the Assassin's Creed thing. Um, obviously, we're getting the Assassin's Creed uh, Origins or whatever. But we actually skipped a year, I think, right? Did we? Did they, they sk- did skip a year. Yep. They did skip a year, finally. Um, and I, I wish they had like waited even a little bit longer before bringing it back, honestly. But... Um, are you guys going to be watching the Assassin's Creed anime? Is that is that a thing that you guys are interested in? I'm not like a purveyor of anime, but I actually, from what I know of it, I think it could actually work. It could be really cool. I'm with you, Chris. I actually am. I, I think that Assassin's Creed in an anime form would work really well. There has been uh, an Assassin's Creed comic book. Um, so that came out for a little while. Multiple like limited series, like five issues that do tie into the main continuity. Um, I don't know. Who would you, would you, would you want it to be an original story of Assassin's Creed or would you want it to follow like Ezio or something? That's a good question. Um, I would like it to be an original thing. I think it needs to be its own thing. I don't know what they're planning, but I would, I would like a new, 
a new person. I feel like they're not quite running out of eras, but it's it's becoming harder for them. Because as someone pointed out, the closer they get to the present, the less interesting it gets. And I think that's I mean, true. My concern is that this guy has a style that works great for shorts. I don't know how well that's going to play out, um, you know, as a series. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it'll work out great. But, I mean, he definitely has a style about mm. him. And, you know, he's, I don't know, I, I've seen this guy, like, before in interviews. And he's always wearing, like, eyeliner or, like, ridiculous, like, eye makeup and, like, mm. all this stuff. Like, he's very about, like, whenever I've seen, the few times I've seen him interviewed, like, about something, he's almost selling himself as much as the product. So mm. I'm a little concerned about it maybe turning into a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. Mm. Well, but. I'm going to reserve judgment until this Castlevania series comes out um, in sure. two days. Uh, so I'm going to give it a, a watch. I'm not a big Castlevania fan, but you know I'm familiar with it, familiar enough. So I'm going to watch it and then kind of either my hopes will go up or, or down depending on yeah. that particular show. I think okay. that would probably be a good indication of like what you can expect from right. Um, That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our last uh, what the fuck story uh, of the evening is by far, in my opinion, the most fucked up. Um, and uh, it, it's pretty much, and I think I think I brought up this uh, this category before. The why is this a thing category? Um, someone made a game. It's browser based. It's called. It is as if you were working. And I'm sorry, it's as if you were doing work. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you can check it out at, uh, we'll, we'll provide the link below, but it's uh, pippinbar.com slash games, and you'll find it there. Um, it's pretty much exactly what you would think. It has you pretending to work. Occasionally, when you've <laughs> done enough work, you get a break, and then you get to play, uh, you get to play a, a little, a little uh, Windows game spoof of um let's see what was it a brick breaker breaker. you get to play a little brick breaker and then you go back to work and i don't understand why this thing exists (laughs) the trailer's really funny yeah did you guys play it i haven't played it yet um i might play it tomorrow i mean this thing completely mimics like almost like a windows 95 kind of Uh you know, PC, and yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like it's okay for a few minutes. You have to, like, type fake emails and... It's very, very strange. Uh, <laughs> it, it, sort of remi- it sort of reminds me, does anybody remember old Sierra Adventure games had a boss button? Does anybody remember that? A boss button? Hit, yeah, you could hit, like, tab or something, and it would open up what looked like, like an like email. A spreadsheet or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a thing that Sierra did back in the day. So interesting. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. I this I guess this is one of those art house kind of dealios where it's like life imitating art. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. And and it seems like the game can go on for quite a long time too, which was even weirder to me. Like you can just play it for hours. Like why would you? Just yeah, to see how far. Just to see how far you can get. Yeah, I wonder if there's something deeper going on. Kind of like that, uh, what was that story of a girl or the one where you were trying to, you were in like a Windows 95 desktop and you were... Oh, her story. Her, her story. story. 
Yeah. Oh. I that wanted was, to check that one out. That was really good. It, it was I played cool. it on an I played it on an airplane. It's a really good airplane game. Um, it's 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 fantastic. It won a ton of awards. Mm. Um, you imagine if you're playing out. this game on an airplane and someone's like, "Oh, you're working," and you're like, "No," <laughs> and you're this just how like, I relax by writing like, fake emails. <laughs> I just like to play on Windows ninety eight or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> it's for the nostalgia. I guess. I guess I, 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 the, the icons did take me back. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let's end the show. Well, we're just about to end the show, but before we do, uh, let's do a quick round table. What are you guys playing this week? Has Here's anyone a- picked up the uh, Zelda DLC? I haven't. No. Oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't even finished it. I have played Diablo since the Necromancer came out. That's cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun. I've actually here's a secret, never played it. Mm-hmm. It's my it's my first oh. time going through a Diablo game. Any Are Diablo you playing game? it on console or PC? PC. Okay. Yeah, I'm playing a I... Demon Hunter. Nice. Even though the Necromancer just came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted um, as you know, my buddy who had, you know had gone through to earn it. the Necromancer. <laughs> no, I I didn't like being like a person who like was. I want to I want to see the story and stuff like that. And everyone who's playing with me has seen it before, so it's better if they play the Necromancer and I, I get to play one of the OGs. I play a lot of Valid Heroes, so I wanted to, cool. I wanted to stay flashy. <laughs> cool. I en- cool. I ended up picking up the uh, Sega Genesis Classics on Steam. Is Streets of Rage so, on it? Yeah, I think Streets of Rage one, two, and two, and maybe even three are on there. I love those um, games. But uh, Fantasy Star is on. I've never played that. It's Fantasy Star 2. But oh, okay. uh, I'll probably play that. But you mean you're not yeah. playing that one for free on your phone? No, because mm-hmm. I'm not a woman, remember? <laughs> <laughs> According to this ridiculous article. Touche. I still say Fantasy Star 4 is the best one. I've never, I've never played any of them. So. Is Gunstar Heroes on it? Uh, I have to check because it's like it, it was like all like fifty something of them. Uh, the answer is probably. So, Gunstar Heroes is one of the greatest shmups of all time. It sounds familiar. Got to get a little Shining Force in there. <laughs> Street Fighter Two. Not Street Fighter Two definitely was on. <laughs> uh, let's see what's on it. Yeah, everything. Uh, everything is on it. What are you playing, Michael? Oh, Fanny Star Four is on there. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I've been hearing like amazing things about Stormblood and I never picked up Final Fantasy 14. So I decided to check out the free trial, which I think goes up to like level 35. Uh, but so far hasn't grabbed me. Um, I'm going to give it a little bit more time before I decide one way or the other. I did finish, uh, Metro last, um, last light. Uh, Cause I picked up the Redux for a steam sale and apparently there's like a morality system in the game. So like every time you kill someone, because you have the because there's just like a stealth element to the game. So you can sneak up on people. And when you do, you can either knock them out Oops, God or you can uh, kill them. And if you kill them, it's like minus one to your morality or whatever. And if you save them, it's or, you know, knock them out. It's plus one or something. I still got the negative ending and I was kind of annoyed <laughs> Because I mostly knocked people out. Occasionally, I would get into a firefight when it was unavoidable, and I didn't want to keep reloading. But uh, I, I still got the bad ending, so I don't know if I'll go back and, and replay it to get the 
good ending or not. We'll see. Uh, I hate that crap. I hate going through a game and doing what I feel like I need to do to get through the game to find out that I got the the bad ending or the ending that everything didn't work out or whatever. That shit annoys the crap out of me. The The only time I think that it didn't bother me was The Witcher 3, where I got the medium ending, but it was the one that I would have wanted. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been playing Breath of the Wild. I got back into Breath of the Wild, so I've been nice. playing. I need, I need to get back into it. That's a good yeah. game to get back into. Yeah, I just uh, I'm almost done with uh, the uh, Divine Beast. What is it, Redania, the fire one? That's the last um, one for you. Yeah, so it's the last one for me. That's the last Divine Beast. Um, and then I might do some shrine hunting and up my hearts, and then go attack the castle or whatever. Um, but you have uh, the master sword yet, or not yet? Oh yeah, I've I've had the I got the master sword before I went after the air one. Oh okay, Ruto, Ruto okay. I think oh. is the air one. So, so just really quick, this isn't a game I'm playing right now, but I played it over the weekend, and I feel like I bring up the Philips CDI every freaking week. Okay, <laughs> but I played Hotel Mario on the Philips CDI this weekend. It's pretty good. Like I don't even know what that game is about. Do you run the hotel as Mario? No, it, that would make sense, but no. It's just like um, there's like multi multiple levels, like multiple uh, basically. So you have like four floors and you just have to close all the doors. And so you close a door and you go on an elevator, go to the next one. You want to close all the doors on the level before time runs out. And there's enemies trying to stop you. And sometimes they'll reopen the doors. And so it's a little bit like a puzzle pl- with some platformer elements. Was that uh, a puppy, Chris? Oh, no, no. This is, that's my dog, Oslo. I've never seen him before. Uh, she's like almost 10. You've been hiding her. Mm-hmm. She she owns this house. She runs it. I have another dog, too, that we just got. So, you hell, is there like Charles. power-ups? Do you get like Yeah, yeah you, you can get mushrooms and, and you can get the fire. The, I, you can, but like they're mostly useless. Uh, the mushroom's good because it'll give you like an extra hit. Mm. But uh, there's like Koopas in it and, you know, like other like Mario enemies or whatever and there's like those like really you, you guys have seen like the really bad zelda game animations on yes. uh, so they have those kind of cutscenes, but it's like mario and luigi and the voice acting is like terrible nice it's exquisitely terrible is there a story involved yeah of course you have to save the princess naturally uh by closing through, doors in a hotel well you see bowser has taken over the mushroom kingdom by turning like all these like castles into hotels that each one of his sons runs devious Bowser yeah. is Trump? Is that the deal? Is that what's called? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, once you get to, you find the connections between the collusion and like everything you win. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Man, I've always wanted to get a CDI. I think I'm going to have to go and find Dude, one. Dude, you should. Like, you can just burn the games. and I, I love my Philips CDI. That is awesome. I've wanted You're both madmen. Madmen, I tell you. Um, but that's all the show we have for you this week. As always, uh, make sure you hit us up on uh, Pack Podcast or just comment below. Give us a thumbs up or tell us we suck. I don't care. We want to hear from you. Um, and until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger. Josh Irwin. Yeah. And Chris Lassard. Push a lot of keys for us. We will see you next week. Hasta luego. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.